Hi, this is Matt Kempel, co-owner of Milwaukee's premier live comedy spot, The Laughing Tap, and founder of the Milwaukee Comedy Festival. I hope everyone is ready for a great show tonight. Make sure you have turned off your electronic devices and keep talking to others in your group to a minimum. With that, I'd like to bring on tonight's headliners, Jim Martin and Chris Beyer. It's season six of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. This is Chris Beyer, as always, with Jim. Hello, Jim. Hello, Chris. Yeah, we just got done with another interview. We're going to do one of these that we call a behind-the-scenes podcast. BTS. BTS. That's right. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to point out before we get too deep into things mm-hmm. is, have you looked at our numbers lately? Yep, yep. We've had a bump up again. You know, you get those. A lot of these have been from foreign countries. France. Yeah, France. France for months now yeah. has been like in like way up. Right, and right. So I have uh, I have a couple of relatives who like one of them lives in Paris right now. Right, and, right. And a buddy of mine went over to France a couple months ago and I thought, oh, maybe he's, you know, listening to the podcast, downloading a bunch of podcasts and then you see, but I don't know what's going on in France. They love us in France. It's the Tour de France preview. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it might show up on some algorithm and then you get a couple, three people that, who knows if they're even listening to them, but they might download 20 or 30, you know, thinking they're going to listen to them. Maybe sure. they do, maybe they don't, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden our numbers go way up because of something up. like that. That's right. Also Columbus, Ohio, another big hotspot yeah. for our podcast. We're getting close to so. 50,000 total downloads. Yeah. And we uh, should hit that relatively soon but certainly by the time this is out right yeah. right and so that's through six uh, five and a half years right? yeah so uh we'll say not bad but 10, uh, eight ten thousand a year something like nice. that yeah. so not too bad so not, good for not us. nothing good for us yeah that's all i had to say yeah no france and columbus i wanted to give a little shout out yeah uh this uh behind the scenes podcast we don't do these too often and so the time period covered in these behind the scenes podcasts is starting to go back quite a few years right right. and so some of these podcasts are getting a little foggier and we talked about this just before we started recording that you had to refresh your memory and i think as we talk about these i think you'll remember some more of them i I remember them but they're getting to be a while ago the period that this covers is just early pandemic sure the Mm -hmm. first 10 episodes of season three were all in studio and then starting at this point, from this behind the scenes going forward, uh, for a year or two, it's going to be all people that were uh, there were Zoom Zoom, Zoom yeah. interviews, yeah. right? And so after the pandemic hit, thankfully at that point we had a whole bunch of episodes in the can. We had recorded a bunch of them, and we had about six, eight, ten weeks of material yeah. when the pandemic hit. I don't know how we we figured that out, but we had it, yeah. and so we didn't record for quite a long time because we really didn't know at that stage. Um, how we were going to get people on the show. Right. Or or if maybe this was just going to go away in a month right. and we'd be back in studio. Right. You know? so, so so as time wore on, you know, March, April, May, I was telling you, hey, we got to figure out the Zoom thing because we're going to run out of episodes in the can. And so I, you know, I was, I was pressuring you, you're the tech guy. I said, we got to figure guy. this out. <laughs> and so uh, our first guest is somebody that we both know, Jimmy Finley from the Wauwatiki. He had been on a previous podcast Prior to the Zoom interview, I never thought about doing interviews over the internet. No, we weren't real keen on it, actually. No. I mean, we, we had discussed it, I think, right. and, and it was like, eh, we don't want to do that. It's right. just not the... It's just not our thing, you know, right? It's, it's harder to build rapport with people mm-hmm. through the, uh, you know, through the conference call type thing, right? It's the, 
if there's any comedic timing, it's different. It's thrown off a little right. bit. And so, yeah. Yeah. So I, like you said, I was against it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even want to think of that. Now, in retrospect, how the hell did we get people come to our office as many as many as we did? <laughs> Would it have been possible going forward to always have people in the studio and still have a weekly podcast? I don't know, because we've continued the Zoom thing even now that we're doing in-studio ones, mm-hmm. because it opens up the number of guests you can get. And, you know, sometimes we need guests, right? Sure. And some right. of them aren't in the area. Right. I mean, even Mitch, who's been one of our most uh, prominent guests, I guess you say, the, the, somebody who's been on the show the most, and he moved to New York, and the only way we can get him is Zoom. You know, and we had... We'll get into this, I'm sure, later, but, uh, you know, we had people from all around the country on Zoom because right. we could. Right. Know, so, and, and, yeah, prior to the pandemic, I thought, no way are we going to do anything involving internet uh, interviews. Yeah. Now I'm thinking we have to do it. Right. It's a lot like companies. <coughs> it's a lot like companies who said, no way can you work from home. You're not going to work from home. And now everybody's working from home. Right. And slowly people are coming back. But, you know, right. that, that opened up a whole new world, really. Right, right. And and we've both said before that we prefer to do them in studio, obviously. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but you have to do it. Uh, in fact, our guest uh, that we just interviewed uh, gave us a lead of somebody who lives in San Francisco, right? So mm-hmm. we're not going to be doing that in studio. No, right. Or we talked to Augustine, you know, Jerry Augustine right. for a Brewer's preview. He's not here. Even even Grayson, you know, we talked right. to Grayson, our good friend Grayson, and Jeff Grayson, and he's in Minnesota, you know. So, right. you know, in a way, it was, I think, you know, I'm not saying the pandemic was a good thing, but, you know, th- this was a good thing that it was, we were opened up to this. Yeah. So our first guest, again, was Jimmy Finley. Yep. And he's, he works at the bar down the street. Do you remember anything about that one? I remember him talking about how they were, you know, they're obviously having a tough time with with COVID because all the bars and restaurants and everything were shut down. But then they had also uh, started, just like a lot of restaurants, right, the, the takeout business. Right. And I remember him saying how, uh, how much they were caught off guard of the number of people that showed up to support them and, right. and buy their food. And they, they said, you know, like we... The first couple of weeks, it was like a kind of a disaster because we yeah. didn't, we just weren't ready for that kind right. of volume. Now, even even though he was had positive things to say about how there was some support, yeah, there was still some desperation in his voice at the time. Like, oh, sure. how is this business going to continue? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. And I think they even, I think they started bottling their drinks too, or something like that. the Wisconsin State Legislature had to amend it so they could have to go drinks. Yeah, and I don't know if that's continued. Maybe it has. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, but yeah. So they they, you're exactly right. I think them and a lot of other restaurants were in probably having the exact same right. uh, sort of feelings and anxiety and and stomach knots and everything else about right. how are we going to possibly do this? Um, because you know, it, the question at the time probably was, is this a flash in the pan sort of thing? Like, yeah, people are going right. to support us for a couple of weeks. This goes on six, eight, ten months, a year. Are they going to continue to, you know, it's always cool, you know, for the first little bit and then, you know, it just dissipates. But I th- obviously they're still there. So they they made it work. I think um, they, I don't know if they had their patio, but if they didn't, they do now. And I think they were able to kind of, you know, do stuff outside and, right. uh, you know, other, other different things to be innovative about their business. But right. yeah. And this was in the early days. This was in May or June of, of 2020. Right. And... They still, I think, the quarantines were on. They couldn't have people in their in their in their establishment at that point, other than to pick up stuff to go. This will be a common theme of of some of these 
yep. interviews that we're going to talk about here for this portion of uh, the behind the scenes because the pandemic was fresh and it might be a little bit of a time capsule to go back and listen to how people were us specifically and our guests were th- how we were thinking about COVID and how we were dealing with it. And so if you want to go back and listen to old episodes, it might be interesting to you know hear how people were responding at the time. Right. Right, which is interesting for us too. A first for us, I think, was that we really uh, sort of timestamped something on our right. show, where a lot of our stuff we really didn't. We wanted to be sort of timeless, where you right. know we're not doing necessarily current events, right. uh, things like that. But that it was just it was sort of a too big to ignore kind of a thing. Exactly. And, yeah, we didn't want to do current events. In fact, we'd keep saying, "Well, this will be our last one talking yes. about COVID." Right. And so a lot of season three or number ones about season three dealt with COVID in one way or the other. The second interview uh, did deal with COVID as well. And it was the 12th episode of the third season. It was Tim Oakland. Now we talked about Tim probably in our last behind the scenes thing. Tim, great friend of mine, he died. Uh, He died about eight months ago or so. His first interview in the second season is one of my favorite interviews. I think it's the fifth, uh, the fifth episode of season two. Mm -hmm. It's, it's one of the best ones we've done. And, and Tim, along with a couple, three other people, were the kind of the genesis of this podcast in the sense that, you know, I thought, bring our conversations to something like this. Because me and Tim always had a lot of fun uh, talking and joking around with each other. I thought, wouldn't it be fun to have that in a show format? And so uh, this was his second interview, not quite as good as that first one. Yeah, right. And I did mention the last behind-the-scenes thing, that both interviews, I was able to uh, direct his son to these interviews so he could listen to them. You know, he's very interested in hearing his father talk because his father just died. So we have this time capsule of his father getting interviewed a couple times. This one, like I said, not quite as fun as the first. We talked half of the time about COVID. The other half was a little bit joking around. Uh, but again, it was that that idea of, you know, people were formulating opinions about COVID. And so we talked about those. Right, right. And and there was, uh, you were pitting me against him and I forget what the question was. Was it? Uh, it was probably quarantine versus not quarantine. I think Tim was uh, it, it, Tim was more laissez-faire, and you were more. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say too strongly, but you were more uh, locked down at that point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rule rule follower. We could put it that way, right? Right. They were, right. They, whatever they were telling us to do, you know, we go, okay, well, we'll just right. do that then. Well, and, in light know. of that, in light of what's come out over these last couple of years yeah. involving lockdowns, uh, what do you think? You know, that's interesting. I mean, I've, I've thought about that uh, actually quite a bit over the last few months because uh, the current state of COVID is mm-hmm. sort of like, who cares, right? right. At least for me. Right. Uh, but I do realize that people who are more at risk for those types of diseases, just like the flu, mm-hmm. right, uh, have to be more cautious about things like that. Um, but I ha- And I have kind of thought about like, well, you know, was it really the big deal that, that we were – you know, sold, sold, or, or making it out to be. I, I do think. I think it was important. Then I think there were more people. It was it was it was a much stronger virus when it first came out. Right. That's that's my thinking. And and I mean, there were more people who were under, uh, let's say, sixty five, who were being hospitalized and things like that. Mm-hmm. Than than certainly there are now for sure. I mean, there's right. you know, it's almost non existent. I think at this point, or. I'm just not hearing about it. I'll say I was probably 50-50 in between the two of you guys. Tim mm-hmm. was a little too uh, laissez-faire for my liking. You were maybe a little too uh, firm for my liking. But I'll say this. One thing I believed 
kind of near the start of the virus that I thought everybody kind of agreed upon uh, that now I think is totally false, which is this idea is if we only lock down hard enough, long enough, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that if America in March of 2020 really got serious about locking down, really got serious, then we'd be able to, to nip this thing in the bud. The genie was out of the bottle. The thing that, that blew that out of the water was China. China locked down hard, long, forever. Mm-hmm. But you can't do it forever. China finally let up, and then the virus came in. So the idea that anything beyond, forget about Italy, you know, when Italy was kind of the second country beyond China to have a problem with, even at that point, I think it was too late. Mm-hmm. Had it been locked down hard enough and long enough in China in the very beginning, in the first weeks of the year, maybe, then yes, maybe it could have been contained. Maybe it could have been stopped. Come February 1st, February 15th, March 1st, the genie's out of the bottle. There was no lockdown on earth that could have stopped this thing. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, it, you know, obviously that's, it, you know, you could argue that um, the people who were more laissez-faire and didn't lock down, mm-hmm. well, they just you know, they got it sooner. They, well, yeah, but they also screwed it all up, right? I mean, you right. could you can make that argument. Like, if everybody stayed in in the house for three weeks, it's got a two week incubation period or whatever, and then you know nobody sees it. It's just just not there anymore. But that it's not number one is not realistic. Because and number two, it wouldn't work. But anyway, go ahead. Well, it wouldn't work because the virus. I mean, they did that in China for two three years. They locked but, down but, hard and long. Okay, so let's say everybody locks down for two, three weeks. Let's say yeah. there's no cases in the United States, right. zero cases in the United uh, States. Yeah, I see where you're Eventually, going people are going to come Italy. visit, Somebody's right? From, yeah. And so no matter how yeah. hard you lock down, it was coming. Right, right. And I think, um, you're, yeah, in that way, yeah, 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 yeah that's true. I mean, I, I guess I see where you're going with that for sure. I, I don't want to say we did things wrong because I think nobody knew what the hell to do. Right. I think everybody was taking the information that they had, which was this really serious disease, doing what they thought was best. Like like we talked about with these guys talking about their restaurants and everything else, like nobody knew what's going to happen from the right. next week to the next week, you know. Even and it was the same thing with the virus and the scientists right. and the doctors and all that. They're learning all this new right. stuff. Like right. this this works, that doesn't work. They were laying they were they had people on their backs in hospital beds, mm-hmm. intubated, and turns out, oh, it was killing them because right. it was crushing their lungs. And then if they right. turn them on their stomach, oh, they're saving, you know, 60% right. more people. You know, so all these things were just, and every day, when I remember that, it was like every single day, it was something different, something right. new, and this was changing, that was changing. And it makes people in charge look like flakes because they're telling you one thing one day, another thing another day. I just, I just, think that they were just doing what they thought was best. Yeah, well, I'll say this, that that there were differing points of view. There wasn't one yeah. path that people thought we had to take. There was different points of view. And I do think, and I don't want to go down this road too much, but I do think that whether it be through the government or whether it be through big tech, that a lot of viewpoints were censored. And uh, a lot of those turned out to be the ones that were true. You know, mm. the misinformation, disinformation. I mean, obviously, the most Obvious one is the lab leak theory, right? Uh, that uh, you know, companies like Facebook and Google and, and whatnot were censoring people that had the idea that it came from the lab. And now, I think most everybody 
agrees that it came from the lab at this point. And right. so the misinformation turned out to be the real thing. So yeah. anyway, I don't want to go down that road too far. But so anyway, moving on to uh, the third episode, another COVID episode. Now this one... Right, but this is a little different. I thought this had a good chance to be fun. It was Chris Bowens, and this is episode 13. And I came up with this idea. Now, a number of these are going to be skits. Yep. And I came up with this idea that he was patient zero. And he was oblivious to it, right? That was my that was my idea. I, I told him you're going to be a guy that came back from Wuhan and didn't realize that you were the vector that you brought it back to the United States, right? Right. And so he was going to say that you know I hung out with my friend who worked at the lab and I ate in the I ate in the the wet market and I had yeah. bat soup, gnawing on the bats, right, right, bat wings, and right. <laughs> and so so he was going to play dumb. He was going to he was he was going to be the guy at the center of this and yet not realize that he was you know spreading this to America. Yeah. You know, so we kind of had to lay it out and it was going to be fun, but he kept getting lost. He kept starting to throw in personal experiences which weren't consistent with his character. Yeah. And so I had to edit the heck out of that thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was 30 minutes long and only about 8 minutes could be used because he kept forgetting that that he wasn't himself in this in this podcast. <laughs> he was a character. What we did get was good. But I think it could have turned out better. But it's fun. It's a short one. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's kind of the um, the that's the fun and the the upside. And there's upsides and downsides to having these guys do Skips. sort of improv stuff, mm-hmm. right? Where um, some some people are just naturally really good at it. Other people struggle with it. And right. Um, yeah. So that's that's just kind of how it goes. Sometimes yeah. you know, sometimes it's hilarious. Yeah. Other times it's like ah. God, right. And and the this? struggle this time is he kept forgetting that he was that a, character. a character. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it was a good one. Now, the next one, uh, episode 14, is another one that's a skit. His name, again, Kevin Ziegler, episode 14, mm-hmm. because he was playing a character that was calling in from Antarctica. It's one of the fun ones. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, It was good. He kind of represented this ex- extreme guy, right? He was doing all these extreme things. He was going to walk across Antarctica, but he wasn't going to do it, just walk. He was going to walk backwards. Right. Right. It is bare feet i think or something there's something else something right. a little quirky about it but backwards was the big thing and it was you know right and then yeah. uh and the idea was that we're talking about this feat that he's going to accomplish yep. and that he was an author and we're going to talk right. about his book mm-hmm. and there was a couple of different chapters in the book and one was about how he was hiking mount everest blindfolded mm-hmm. uh he was going to swim across like michigan doggy paddle uh, and he was going to uh, he was going to cross the Sahara without any water. Right. You know, so each mm-hmm. of these were outrageous feats that he was so, going to so attempt to do. David Blaine esque. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, as we talked about each of the chapters in the book, there was always something that he let out accidentally that kind of gave you the idea that he actually didn't do the stunt. Right. Right. <laughs> right. That he was lying about it. Right. 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 And so yeah, you know, we would we would talk about. It, then he'd say something, and we kind of like, well, wait a minute. We'd we yeah. kind of investigate a little further, and then he'd change topics. Right. Right. And um, and then the punchline at the end was that he wasn't in Antarctica. He was he was a, a block away. Yeah. And he was lying about that too. He was in his grandma's basement. Right. Right. Something like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and so yeah, so he he stayed in character. Yeah. And because uh, he always had a reason for these things, you know, like well. What do you mean you're – well, yeah, I haven't gone yet or whatever. He's, right. He's just some – yeah, yeah. Right. So it was fun because he played he played the good nervous guy, you know, because mm-hmm. when we when we heard a little wrinkle in the story that didn't make sense, then he'd start stammering and he would, you know, he would uh, deflect and sure. and he played it really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. I it thought was about fun. having him again on the show. I haven't run yeah. into him again. One thing I thought about doing with him, and we mentioned it on the show, is – you know, he's going to write another book, right? Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that. And 
this will come up when we talk about our next episode here, actually two episodes, maybe we'll skip it and, and skip one episode, go to that one, which is the idea of a sequel. Is mm-hmm. it as good as the original, right? Right. Because that one went really well. It did. And I thought we can have another one featuring this character mm-hmm. and we can have some other little quirk about his character and do it again. And I think, is it going to be as good? Because two episodes from then, episode 16, we'll skip 15 for now, was Brian Mason. Right. Brian Mason. The Return of the, the Return King. of the King. He did an episode in the second uh, season, which is, again, one of my top five episodes of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was an improv one. Yep. And uh, and I gave him the least direction of anybody. I told him he's this character, and I talked to him about it for all of a minute. You know, I said, here's your character, and here's the idea behind the podcast. And he went with it. Yep. And he was great. I mean, and he's got some acting experience. Mm-hmm. And he just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Again, talk about that nervous energy where where we you know, again caught him in lies and things like that, and he had to he had to act like he was nervous about this. He did it so well. Oh yeah. yeah. And it was just perfect. I thought we got to do this character again. Yep. So I came up with another idea. This was a little bit more scripted, mm-hmm. uh, but the idea is that his character is in Italy, and um, and he's talking about how great it is and how many of the people love him there because, you know, this character is supposedly, you know, descended from royalty. But again, the twist in the end is that is that he's under house arrest because, you know, they think he's a fraud and a charlatan. And it was a great episode, but does the sequel equal the original? I don't think it did, but it was good. I, it, was, it was also, I, I agree with you. It was good. It wasn't as good. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it was. I mean, it was still good. It, I think part of the the charm, I guess, of the original one is just the the whole idea of him being this, you know, this king, right? You know, and and uh, something unique and new and sort of fresh and right. And this bringing it back maybe it didn't have quite that same that same freshness to it. I'm not sure, right. but but yeah, you're right. It was it was it was still good. It was it was still good, but it wasn't as yeah. Good. Like I said, that first one was one of my favorites. This yep. one. I don't know if I'd put it in my top 15 or 20, but it wasn't didn't quite have the magic. And, you know, maybe that's one of the problems, say, going on with Hollywood and with uh, TV nowadays. You know, yeah. all the Marvel movies, all the sequels, there aren't a lot of original ideas. And right. when there's an original idea, like right now, uh, the Barbie movie's out, Oppenheimer's out. Mm-hmm. And these are ones that are seeing a lot of business. And uh, maybe that original idea idea needs to be left alone. Yeah, yeah. Or you start seeing these remakes, right? Maverick sort of is a sort of kind of a right. remake of Top Gun. You got the Teenage, New- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are coming out now, you know, a different thing. And, uh, you know, the, the live action mermaid, uh, little mermaid movie, you know, live right. action, things like that, where it's like they're just retooling old stuff. Right. And there will be another Barbie movie. There'll be two or three sure. Barbie movies. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And the thing is, is whenever you watch a sequel to something, you know they have to hit certain notes, right? Mm-hmm. Certain parts that they have to be revisited, maybe not in the same way, but they got to kind of hit hit on that part because people are expecting it. Yep. And when I came up with this idea for a sequel, I kind of had to have those same notes. Mm-hmm. And so it felt far less fresh to my ears than the first one. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There, there wasn't that surprise of you know, some certain elements to it. It was, right. you know, we're doing this again because it was funny. And, right. Um, right. Right, and right. so should we do Kevin again? We'll see. Well, I'll go back to the one I skipped. Uh, yep. Episode 15, Monty Kirk. Uh, this was the first guy, well, I just said that Chris said he had, had COVID, but this is the first time we interviewed somebody about their experience having COVID. Yeah. And so that right. was, uh, again, this is probably in, july or something Mm -hmm. or august 
and at the time it seemed like a novel idea. Let's have somebody on that had COVID. This guy actually had it. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was back in a time where Wisconsin wasn't having that many cases. Mm-hmm. And so I remember the first five, six months of COVID, I thought, is it here? Yeah. Because yeah, I didn't know anybody that had it. Yeah, right. And then the waves hit, and then you knew everybody that had it. Yep, yeah, right. This, and it's funny to think of it as this novel idea for us. Oh, we have somebody on who's got COVID. I've had it like two, maybe three times now, you yeah. know, whatever. Like, so um, so it's, yeah, it's and kind of old hat now. So we but. interviewed this guy who basically talked about his cold, you know. And right. <laughs> it, wasn't, right. it wasn't that right. compelling. No, no. He did, Thankfully, right, he didn't end up in the hospital. He didn't have any major complications. It didn't even sound like he had long COVID or anything like that. Yeah. You know, it was just he just – he had had it, and that was, again – Something that was kind of like, uh, I don't exactly want to call him a celebrity, but, you know, it was sort of like that feel to it. He's right? one of the first people I know that had it. Right, right. right. And, uh, you know, I used to say, you know, go back and listen to these episodes. They're good ones. This one you can skip if you're listening to other ones. Yeah. There's not much it's, to it. It's a guy talking about how he's got a, a, got a, a temperature and a cold. Yeah. And uh, right. there wasn't too much to it. Right. But at the time, it seemed interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Episode, we got two more here in this batch. Episode seventeen, Andy Bernier. Again, I got in this. I I got in this streak where I was coming up with ideas for skits. Mm-hmm. We did two episodes with him. One just talking about him, and I don't re- that really doesn't resonate. I can't really remember too much about that episode. Uh, but the other one was the skit, and I had this idea about a financial guru who wrote a book. And everything he says is opposite of what you want to do. Right. 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 And that was his shtick, wasn't it? It right. was like, no, opposite is opposite. People don't know what they're doing. I do. Here's right. what you do. And of course, it's not what you do. <laughs> right. And we've had three, four, five people. Now, the first one we talked about was Brian Mason. He didn't know he was going to do a skit. So yeah. there's no prep time. We just told him, here's your character. And he was up for it. He's an actor. But there's been a handful of people, or more, uh, 10 or so, that we presented a skit idea to him and even gave him a little bit of an outline before they appeared. Right. Andy was one of these guys that came prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a voice. He had a character. He had mannerisms, you know, yep. uh, in terms of quirks to his character. And he must have had some some theater background. I don't know. Oh, he does. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. This was a fully f- fleshed out character. Now, again, I gave him you know an outline that covered about 75% of what we're going to talk about. But... He was prepared, and he he did really well. He hit it out of the oh, park. Oh yeah, it yeah. was great. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you really thought he was the character. He's the guy, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, you almost wanted to buy his book, except it's all nonsense, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of yeah. some of the lines we came up with, but yeah. what it was, you know, every every bit of his financial advice he gave would put you in the poorhouse, right? Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Part that he brought to the character, which I kind of envisioned, but he brought to the character was a cockiness, like even though. This stuff was the stupidest stuff you could ever think of. Yeah. He was acting so confident. Like 100%. This, right. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. And yeah. so that was that was a good character. And I thought about having him back on, maybe not as that character, uh, but I knew he'd, you know, he'd be able to do other characters. Yeah. The last episode we're going to talk about in this batch here is Jeff Grayson. Jeff Grayson's a friend of mine. In fact, I just saw him at the uh, high school reunion. I know. We're going to talk about that. He was a guy that we thought about very early on having on the show. Yeah. Right. But again, the he problem was here. he didn't live here. Right. right. So I thought, when he's in town for yep. for Christmas or something. Yep. And of course, we're, we're locked in that model where he's got to be in studio. Yeah. And so once we got freed up to do interviews over the internet, then he could be on the show. Right. And the reason we wanted him on is because he was in media. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He was the uh, sort of pregame, postgame guy for the Bucks and the Brewers for a long time. 
I mean, as we've gotten to know him, just an all-around great guy. I mean, just right. really charismatic, really grateful for everything in his life. And even even us, you know, being on our podcast, you know, really, he's always really humbled and, you know, and mm-hmm. all this. And like, He's been on the show a number of times yeah. in the sports capacities. Yep. Brewer season previews, we might have him on for the playoffs when that happens. He's brought on his friend, uh, Jerry Augustine. Yep. We did, we did a Bucks, uh finals preview with mm-hmm. him. And we've done some Packer previews with him, and right. we've got one coming up with him here uh, for this season. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's it's always fun to to talk sports with uh, you know a guy who who knows a lot about it and yeah. and living in Minnesota now you know he's got a little an additional little perspective on the, the whole Vikings Packers thing that's fun to throw in there too. Right, and he's got an encyclopedic knowledge of, oh, of Wisconsin crazy. sports. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and he always goes. I mean, you guys probably know all this, but like, <laughs> yeah, he knows no. this stuff yeah. to the T. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. We did talk about him uh, about the first half of that interview. I think was talk about Minnesota, the differences you know uh, between Minnesota and Wisconsin. And the second half, we talked about his sports casting career, mm-hmm. and he threw in some stories of him uh, meeting Favre very early on, which oh, were right. kind of interesting. That's, back when Favre right. was was the backup. Right, right. So you met him after a party or something like that, or something, yeah. Something, well, listen to the po- yeah, listen to the yeah. podcast, and yeah. you'll it's, it's ep- uh, episode eighteen, yeah. season three. Well, that wraps it up. That is the second third of the third season uh, of the behind the scenes one. The eight episodes. Again, these ones were in the early days of COVID, and so half of them involved COVID or more. So, right, yeah, 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 yeah. and some of them in the skate capacity, some in a, a more of an information capacity. All right, Jim, that wraps up this episode. That wraps it up. All right, we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast for the season seven premiere with our good friend Dave Bull. You've made it to the end of another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.